Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast that talks about all of Blizzard's many games. I'm Matt Rossi, your host, and with me this week are two amazing, just glorious co-hosts. They they bring a smile to my face, although sometimes that's because Alex has just said something strange and I'm confused by it. Uh, first up is that aforementioned Alex Zebart. Alex, how have you been doing this weekend? Hello, I'm doing, up? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I've been playing a whole lot of Fallout 4, like way too much Fallout 4 because I had nothing better to do. Gotcha. Uh, I haven't gotten to play fallout 4 so i'm just going to move on fair uh, enough and and stickney who is, does just about everything for us at, at blizzard watch what are you doing this week um well we did thanksgiving that was fun and um i played a lot of dragon age inquisition over the weekend because i decided i wanted to complete everything that's a much yeah. more sizable task than i'd originally thought so i don't know if yeah. i'm actually ever going to finish that or not you're never even going to leave the hinterlands. No, I, I no, you can, the, I've cleared that place out. Oh, that place is cleared is out that for hard. Like forever. The only reason you don't get to finish the hinterlands up front is because the levels stuff is so broad. Like, yeah. there's stuff in there that's way higher level than other stuff in there. Yeah. But it doesn't actually take that long to clean out compared to, say, um, oh, the Abyss. Not the like, Abyss, what do you call it? Western Approach? Yeah. I'm like halfway, about halfway through the game. No, a little more than halfway through the game. Like, I still haven't done the whole, oh, go to the ball, talk to the nobles, be snooty thing, which is really fun, and I love that part. But I'm almost level 18 already. Yeah. Um, just because I've been you, you finishing can, everything. <laughs> you, can, you can easily, like, be, like, level 20-something when you go there. Yeah. If you really want to. I, I remember, like, I did the first part, and I know this isn't a Dragon Age podcast, so I'll shut up soon, but <laughs> I did the first part where you, you go and, like, talk to the Grey Wardens and deal with that, and then you go, I went and I decided, I'm going to kill every dragon in the game. Yeah, that. And so I wandered um, around killing every dragon in the game. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be over here turning Boston into my personal glue factory. Hey, there. I, you I go. want. I really want to play Fallout Four. I just haven't gotten around to it yet because you know money, the holidays, and everything. Yeah. It's not. It's it's less a. Uh, I'm at the place where I I, can't, I don't buy games for myself in December at all. 
because my birthday is like the uh, it's literally in eight days, mm. and then say, Christmas it's is next week, isn't it? Yeah, my birthday is the seventh, and then my Christmas is coming. So it's like um, if I buy games for myself, I'm completely messing over like anybody wanting to buy me a gift. Aww. You know, sure games enough. are like easy. Games are the easy thing to get me. It's like you know, people are always like, "What do you want for Christmas?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Usually the answer is some game thing that's coming out. Like pre-order, you know, pre-order Legion for me or buy you know buy me uh, fallout 4 fallout 4 would be a good example if you know if there was a new mass effect game coming this month that would be the thing to get me <sighs> i so wish but we have to wait a whole year for that so yeah all right uh this week in various blizzard things what should we talk about there's there's quite a lot of data mining still going on for legion um the beta the alpha is still trucking along hasn't really changed they haven't you know haven't opened anything new up so it's basically the same stuff but I didn't think we kinda, we're gonna open anything over the holiday no, no, I'm, I'm not saying they were or weren't. I'm just saying they yeah. didn't. So there's not nothing really new there to talk about. Um, but there is there was the big data mine that they did mine basically every artifact. Um, I believe was it Alex? Were you the one that wrote that up or? No, I think that was Dan that wrote up the the artifacts. That was Dan and yeah. Halloran. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, apparently, from what I'm what I've heard, all of the artifact stuff is particularly early in development. It felt so, early. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, there's. I mean, MMO Champion has a calculator, but from what I understand, uh, most, if not all, of it is subject to change quite imminently. So we'll see. I mean, it exists, but I don't know how much of it will continue to exist. Yeah, it definitely felt early. Like it doesn't feel like this is this is what's going to ship. No. But it was interesting just to look at the um the way it's going to affect you. Like not not necessarily like you know this is the final thing, but the idea of how these things are going to work, I thought was really interesting. Uh, just in general. This this really does feel um if you guys were playing back back when Cataclysm was announced, not when it came out, but when it was announced, there was going to be this whole system called Path of the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. And the the artifact feels a lot like that. Um it, the modifiers to abilities and so forth. It really does feel like a, a, a another kind of customization. So it's it's interesting to me to see it. Uh I just like that you have a talent tree for your weapon. Yeah. Um, I, Really curious how it's going to pan out for future expansions. Uh, like, I mean, it seems like the artifacts even come with things like their own spells that you'll put on your action bar and that whole thing. Yeah. And uh, if these aren't carrying forward, I think it's going to feel weird going to the next expansion and suddenly losing all of those perks and spells you got from your artifact. Like, those are just gone. That is that is something that needs to be determined. Like, how is that going to work? If it, it, it would be the first time you ever, like gained a whole bunch of new powers and then never use them again yeah <laughs> you know I, I it does strike me as bizarre it feels weird like i i i, I don't mind the, like not getting a new weapon during legion thing but it does feel weird to ever then start getting new weapons again like how am i gonna top this like seriously like and then you know there's a here's a green you know level 1000 uh pole arm that's better than the Ash doom right hammer <laughs> yeah this this spear I pulled out of a tree that you know it's better than 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 weapon that I got from a god okay I I guess yeah Unless we had but, to somehow sacrifice our weapons to beat the final boss or something that would be interesting yeah but then we'd be stuck without a weapon until the <laughs> <laughs> well no I mean like if you had to do that and then it was replaced with like loot from the boss or something like that I don't know yeah there, there's a it way be, there's a way that, that would kind feel of terrible. It yeah. would, wouldn't it? But it'd be like you've made the ultimate sacrifice short of your own life. 
Oh, like, oh this no, weapon, Tyrion's this baby gonna... that you spent all this time building up. Yeah, we're going to take that from you. That Tyrion's going to be so mad. <laughs> what do you mean you lost the Ashbringer? I, I didn't lose it. I didn't lose the Ashbringer. I know exactly it's just where it is. It's in an ice block. It's waiting for the right face I mean, to come to back out fair, again. <laughs> you understand that. To be fair, Tyrion cannot speak when it comes to losing the Ashbringer. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but he, he lost the, the Ashbringer entirely because he let somebody else carry it. And Oh, no! Here, I don't feel like carrying this thing to Northern. I'm going to give it to you. Oh, you lost it? <laughs> Why do I keep letting people carry that thing? Every time I let someone else have it, they lose it. <laughs> Like, oh, no, now I have how that guy who we, we met at level 70 felt. <sighs> yeah, that, so there's, as a progression path, that's interesting in and of itself. And yeah. there's also the, the, the um, some of the powers and abilities aren't tremendously interesting yet, but I think a lot of them just, they were just kind of like putting them together. So it, it makes sense that this one doesn't feel as powerful as it should, or that one doesn't feel as interesting as it should. I don't, like, some of them don't even seem to be done yet. Like, no. the arm, I don't think there's anything for arms. Arms didn't have anything. One but, of the uh, other yeah. things that somebody mentioned in the chat channel, too, was that a lot of the engineering items are being flagged as toys. And that's while that's interesting that they're doing that, that's something that I'm taking with a gigantic grain of salt. Because a lot of the items that they flagged, like the wormhole generators and things like that, those mm -hmm. were things that were originally flagged to be toys when the toy box was going to go in, and then they didn't get put in. But they were there. They were they were flagged as toys for the longest time in the beta. It's just when it was. say this right now. One of the things that really annoys me yeah. is all the stuff they put in Tanan that isn't a toy. Those are all going to be made yeah. toys. They should be. Yeah, they're they actually on the did. list of things that are going to be made toys. I'm like, why couldn't you have made that a toy to begin with? I mean, you have this toy box thing. Why don't you just, when you put it in the game, flag it? Carry around a lot of really dumb things because I don't want to like not have them. Oh, I don't know. It's weird because they um, give us the toy box and then it's like, we've added some new stuff to the toy box. Here's some new items that are specifically toys. It's like, well, what about all these old items that should be toys? That yeah. <laughs> You're just going to let those just rot in our bags? Thanks. You know, so. Hey, and uh, I have a question that I'm going to go backwards a little bit because um, uh, I haven't actually looked at a lot of the artifact, like the models until recently. Uh-huh. Do you know if there's any variations of the Outlaw Rogue one that actually look like piratey cutlasses? Um, yes. I'm yeah, there is, and then there's also one that looks kind of like um, oh, a fencing foil almost. Yeah, like Unless, I don't, I don't want this rapier. I don't want these ones no, that look one like that, moons. There's one that looks kind of like a cutlass, if I remember correctly. Okay. He might, you might not like it because it is a pretty fancy cutlass. Yeah. I just well, want to be fair, that. all of the weapons are fancy weapons. That's just what they are. I just want that blade style. Like, okay, like this is a fine rapier, you know, whatever. It's a Warcrafty rapier. I can do that. But I'm a freaking pirate. I want a cutlass. Yeah. There, there was one. Um, I remember there's there's one that looks like two big, glowing golden cutlasses. I yeah. know that like, the Night Elf on the page on the uh, Battle.net blog post forum. There's a Night Elf <laughs> dude holding something that looks like weird moon and if that's supposed to be a cutlass it's not <laughs> then i think you might be on crap now i need to find another new class to play <laughs> outlaw rogue is what i was gonna do because i didn't like paladin stuff oh well i, I really warrior. like i actually like the look of the outlaw weapons there's there's a bunch of variety there so i'll tell you right now i think that the arms warrior artifact is really cool for a lot of reasons so yeah i just want a cutlass man why is it so hard <laughs> They're supposed to be pirates. How can you not have a cool cutlass? 
Okay, well, <sighs> at this point, I'm going to move us on to emails because we do that every week. Um, if you're just now tuning in, um, please send an email. If you send an email to a podcast at blizzardwatch.com, we'd love to answer your questions or talk about whatever you'd send in to us. So that's one of the things we do. And if you're a patron of the site on Patreon, we're you know, happy to answer your stuff first. That's a priority that we do here. Um, this week, first question is from Alessander, who writes us quite often, actually. Hi, Alessander. Um, I understand why Illidan is willing to become practically a demon to defeat the Burning Legion, and why the Naga and Ashtung follow Illidan, but why do the Shivara follow Illidan? Aren't they demons? Are there factions of demons within the Burning Legion at conflict with each other? This sounds like an Ant question. This was actually... Oh, man, I so wish that I had that screenshot like right in front of me, but it's something that's addressed in the Demon Hunter starting area. When you go through the quests, one of the things that you ask is, can we trust these people? And the answer is yes, you can, because apparently Illidan gained their trust. They were kind of enslaved by Magtheridon, so when yeah. Illidan came in and he overthrew Magtheridon, they were pretty much indebted to him, and they said, okay, we'll go ahead and serve you now. A, if, if you do the Warlock Green Fire quest, there's a whole thing about all the various Illidari demons that work for Illidan willingly. Uh, he basically has, it, it's involved in the whole, um, when you go down into the basement of the, of the Black Temple and there's the, the weird three-faced boss whose name is, is escaping me at the moment. Reliquary Souls. Souls. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's involved in what Illidan's plan was and, and why, he, the, why the Blood Elves were going to get freed from their addiction. He has basically another Well of Eternity uh, he made it using the vials that he had. Because one was just going, wasn't enough. He loves Wells of Eternity. This guy's Absolutely. crazy. For, he, you know, he, at the time, I always thought that... I mean, I don't think they actually said this, and this isn't what the reality of what happened, but I thought that the the stuff that Lady Vosh was doing was, like, uh, taking all of that water so they could create the well with those vials from Illidan. Oh. But apparently that's not what was happening, which I thought was weird. What Illidan basically did was he created a, a, an arcane font that was so powerful that he could have been used to just completely get rid of the Blood Elves' magic addiction. He could just say, hey, drink from this all you want. But it's also useful for you know, with demons because apparently demons are also to some degree bound to the Legion. And you can unbind them if you have a sufficiently powerful magical source for them to draw from, which Illidan has. So that's why he, the, the, you know, certain demons but serve him directly. Yeah, and between yeah, that and the whole freeing, it, it, that was what it said in the quest was was the whole, well, they decided to follow him because he set them free when he killed Magtheridon, so... Yeah, uh, that's why there's like there's all the various Illidari demons wandering around Outland, <laughs> so... Yeah, they're, there's a whole bunch of them. The, Shiv- the Shivara are also... I don't know, I always I always liked uh, the, the mother fight, so I'm, I kind of have a soft spot for those guys. They just, you know, I like the bit, and I like the bit when you summon them in the in the in the Demon Hunter start. When you summon them, and they're like, "Okay, let's go, let's go visit our our former friends." <laughs> and they're very, they're very, you know, let's just go stab a lot of they're people. Very blase about the whole thing. It's like, yeah, let's yeah. go visit them and kill them. Sure, why not? So yeah, in terms of there being factions of demons within the Burning Legion, uh, I don't know if I'd say there's factions, but without Sargeras there to just kind of remind everyone. I will kill you. They have kind of gotten a bit snipey. Um, one of the things I remember from Warcraft 3 is that the Dreadlords were very bickery back and forth and definitely weren't all necessarily on board with the whole uh, creating an army of undead to conquer the world plan. They definitely had their reservations about it. 
Um, Kill Jaden and Archimonde are definitely not pulling in tandem. These two guys are both thinking which one of us gets to be in charge, and they both are answering that question with me. Yeah. So th- there's there is some there's some tension there. Uh, they seem to be trying to address it by which one of us pulls off the greatest move of you know, it, it's kind of like a like a like a break dancing contest from an 80s movie, except instead of break dancing, they want to break a planet, and that planet is Azeroth. Like it seems like each of them thinks, well, I'll be the one to kill Azeroth, and that'll that'll show. Because even Sargeras couldn't pull that off. So if I pull that off, yeah, I'm definitely. I like how you've just sort of equated this whole cosmic war thing to a dance battle in an, yeah. an alley somewhere. <laughs> it's very much like it's like Breaking Two, but with Sargeras and Kill Jane. I think I'd enjoy you know, that expansion. Yeah, I think we all would. Did finally the dance studio gets in, and yeah. finally we you know, you have to master your moves in the dance studio to win a dance off with the Legion. The best part was that, like, you'd have, like, you know, there'd be a scrolling thing coming up the screen with various buttons you had to hit to get your dance thing on. And it'd be like, you know, oh, no, I missed it. Ah, you know, and Kill James like, ha, 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 now I'll show you my ultimate move. And he, like, pulls his legs out of the ground. It's like, he does have legs. Starts dancing. Yeah. I, I may actually have watched entirely too many. I, I did watch Breaking Two. I, I, I was like, um, okay. next email, unless Alex is going to talk about dancing some more. Oh, I was just very briefly, uh, when I worked at Hollywood Video, uh, my coworker, who I was often on shift with, she was obsessed with those, like, dance movies. And she would constantly be playing them while we were on shift. It was kind of obnoxious. The end. Okay. Best wishes. This one is from Pilgrim, a demon hunter to be EU Storm Reaver. So, hi, guys. Who do you think will be the final boss of Legion? Oh, Avatar, no. Sargeras, Kill Jaden, Shara. Personally, I would hate for it to be Kill Jaden. He's too similar to Archimonde, who we just defeated again, and he's already been the last boss of one expansion BC. I hope that the next time we battle KJ and Archimonde will be the last boss encounter before Sargeras and the last expansion of WoW. A boss fight in the Nether where we you know, fight both of them at the same time, Twin Emperor style. Keep on being awesome. Looking forward to having you guys and your site delivering content throughout Legion Beta and the expansion proper. Uh, Pilgrim, okay. Uh, uh, do either of you guys want to speculate first before I do? Boy, I tell you what, um, a twin emperor style fight with Kill Jaden and Archimonde just sounds really amazing in my head. That would so. be a lot of fun. <laughs> Especially because they're not going to get along during it. No, they but, aren't. And so they it's might gonna dance. Be like, it's going to be like, it'd be like, um, oh, that boss in, uh, is it Architraz? I think it's Architraz. Yeah, the, the bickering With the two that bicker couple. back and forth. Yeah, and I mean, you fight them solo, but it'd be like the bickering couple, like that. Only you're fighting them as they're bickering. Actually, you know That'd what? That fight, that fight gives me an idea of like how to do an old school, old war version of a hard mode with them. Yeah. Like if you could fight them independently, but if you fought them both at once, you'd get better loot. Oh. You know, because that, that that's the kind of fight. Eat. Yeah, I, that's the kind of thing. And the best part of that is if you do the mythic version, then Velen shows up. And it's all three of them again for the and of course they're both going to give him you know grief the whole time like he puts shields over the party or whatever and you know, they're like we assume we will crush you you fool you betrayed us and he'll be like it's you who betrayed everything we stood for blah blah but uh, in terms of actually this expansion I I'll tell you right now I have zero idea who's going to be the end boss of this one um I don't think it's going to be Kill Jaden or Archimond. Archimonde, literally, we just saw the guy. I don't think we're going to see... We don't think he's going to be the end boss of anything. Um, I know it's not Gul'dan, because we're killing Gul'dan off way earlier. Um, um, I kind of feel like it has to be Sargeras, the way they're setting it up. See, I think it could be the Avatar. I don't think it'll be Sa- It'll be Sargeras. 
I think that's just too big. If Sargeras is personally involved in this, then we're in, we're in a lot more trouble. Well, uh, it wasn't, isn't that the whole idea that the largest invasion of Azeroth ever, and they're coming right in at the throne of Sargeras and, or the tomb of Sargeras, and it kind of feels like they're building up. You're like, it has to be something big. Uh, if yeah. it isn't somebody big, I think the climax will fall on itself. Well, that's why I'm saying I, I really don't know. Like, I, yeah. I think the Avatar definitely could work. Um, I just think it's one of those things where, really, I've got no idea. Uh, I do feel like the gonna states take over Cadgar, and Cadgar is going to be the Avatar, and then we have to fight Cadgar, and he has like all kinds of mage stuff on top of the whole demony thing. Yeah, that'll be it. This is just like a <laughs> wild guess. You just want to kill I, Cadgar. Seriously, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I don't think it's going to be Kill Jaden. I don't think that it's going to be Sargeras because the thing is, is Sargeras is like. He's not just a bad guy. He's one of those pillar of the franchise bad guys beyond what Illidan was and beyond what the Lich King was even. And if we get rid of Sargeras, who is left? It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to imagine there here's, being... You know, I mean, here's the thing about Sargeras, though. Like, for being a pillar bad guy or whatever, we've never actually happened. seen him or interacted with him. Yeah. Personally, I have no strong feelings about Sargeras because I've never met that guy. He's never done anything to me. See, here's one thing. Here's like, I'll, here's two things. One is that I'll, I'll just speculate this. Um, Illidan is on the box, and that means something. I don't know what it means. It means, but it means something. Well, it used to mean end boss until this expansion, where suddenly it didn't. Um, so I'll point that out first off. Second off, I've been saying all along. I think I've, I've, it's been hammered and hammered and hammered at people that we need to occasionally lose and have some setbacks and. They've talked a lot about trying to get expansions out faster and about this being the middle part of an extended story they want to do. So the biggest twist they could do is for us to lose to whatever the end boss of this expansion is. Like pull a Return of the Jedi? Or Yeah, not Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, excuse me. Empire. Yeah. Pull a Star Wars. Pull a Star Wars yeah. trilogy. Yeah, that would be, if this is an expansion trilogy type event, the the biggest shocker would be we get up there, whoever end boss is, whips out end bossy abilities, and we lose. We don't beat him. Like uh, to, to use an example from the actual game of as we have it, it would be like the final fight in um, in uh, Ice Crown Citadel, the the the, the dungeon, the five man Paul's reflection, where yeah. you don't win that fight. The the goal you of that survive. fight is to win. Yeah, it's it's like, do you run fast enough? Do you get those walls down fast enough? Do you get away fast enough? That could be an interesting fight where may, maybe you get to shut the portal, oh, that would but be you a... don't win. You don't win the fight. Maybe you even end up on the other side of the portal. Can you imagine doing that that run that 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 halls of reflection run as like the last encounter of a raid with twenty five people where you're all desperately just trying to get the heck out. I don't know. On the one hand, it could be really cool. On the other hand, I mean, I, I, I remember doing that dungeon when it came out and there were like all sorts of it's the player idea to always try and come up with a way around these things. Yeah. So I, I would also be kind of afraid that it would end up sort of like the Mount Hygel raid where, you know, that that dungeon, that raid could get kind of weird and not always be fun because the waves and you had to wait you. and wait and wait and the stronger uh, that you got the stronger that you got the faster you cut the waves down and the longer you had to wait in between yeah they didn't come immediately upon killing the previous one uh lysambria in chat had a good point um like having these moments of defeat is one thing 
having it be the last raid encounter and expansion with Blizzard inevitably means you are being defeated once a week for a year. Yeah, uh, I think that can get demoralizing to the player base very quickly. Yeah, but if, if it's set up as a straight up just you lose moment, yeah. Or if it's, if it's set up more along the lines of we've we got to close the portal and that's your goal from the beginning, not necessarily we're gonna go kick you know we're gonna go kick Sargeras's butt, but all we all we can hope to do here is close the portal before our planet's destroyed. There's ways around it, but yeah, I, I, an outright crushing defeat at the end of the expansion that probably isn't the feel good moment you want from the end of the big dungeon so yeah and it would, i think I that would be less of an issue if we didn't consistently have a year after the last raid tier yeah, i'm also i'm like i'm afraid that they're going to make it somebody though like kaigar or even rathion or somebody like that because i don't as much as i think that the idea of a good guy going bad is kind of interesting i I don't really want to see it happen. You know, what I, I, mean? think, I think they've yeah. done certain things to death. And yeah. They don't necessarily realize that like um, an Alliance hero dying uh, <laughs> Alliance heroes dying time. in Legion. If that happens, uh, if they're, you know, hyping up this whole, you know, heroes will fall. Dude, the Alliance has been dealing with that since vanilla. Uh, it's like old hat <laughs> by now. Like, you just keep killing them. Like, we're just, we're tired of it already. I mean, uh, for me, it won't be a big dramatic moment if more Alliance heroes die. Like, you've been doing it this whole time. I'm over it. It'll just be, I mean, it'll just be like a... <sighs> there goes another one. Yeah, I, I, I'll admit that I, I feel like I've had enough of that. But in terms of, like, you know, so the problem with coming up with an end boss for this one is that it's once we kind of have a surfeit of, of potential end bosses, and yet none of them feel right... Like I'm, I'm sorry. You know, kill Jaden at the end as the end boss of this. That's like we just had that. We just, you just keep recycling bosses from BC as the end boss of this expansion. That's not going to impress me. Um, in, in terms of it being like somebody like like Cadgar, I don't feel any personal animosity towards Cadgar. I don't hate him. I, I don't want to kill him. If he, if he, if he does a lot of stuff in this expansion, it, it kind of feels like. I don't want to mention it. it. Just it feels like you know he doesn't feel like a, an antagonist enough for me to feel like motivated towards him. Uh, Ashara would be cool if if there's build up for her. Like if there's build up in the expansion and she isn't just like just a background presence sending people to do stuff. But if like say in the next patch after we get done with this raid tier, there's a real build up where I I, I feel Ashara doing things. And that then yeah, there's actually potential for that because she is mentioned here and there. Yeah. Like, she's mentioned, but we've never actually seen her, and there's been no direct mention of any direct appearances from her. It's just... Isn't there something called the Wrath of Ashara at one point? Or the yeah, but it's like it's like a creation she made with her power, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But it's I'm not actually that her. This is kind of how I feel about Sargeras. Is like, okay, yeah, he's supposed to be like the end-all, be-all villain of Warcraft, but we've never actually seen anything from him ever at any point. Well, we, we, I have kinda no did. attachment. We kind of did in that he was the one inside Medivh doing all the evil stuff. So there's that. There's Warcraft, the original Warcraft game with everything Medivh did to, to bring the Horde over. That was actually Sargeras. But that was all the way so, back in Warcraft 1. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we that need, was, what, we need 1994? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we would need to see some stuff done by him right now. Yeah. The only thing we've ever seen in, 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 in the entire history of the game is that bit in Wrath in the Undercity, if you were Horde and yeah. you were fighting, you were fighting, uh, oh, bloody heck, I can't remember his name. It's been that long. The Nathrezim, the Bal not Balnazar, Varimothras. Varimothras, yeah. When, when Varimothras was opening the portals, 
he uh, basically the the voice that was coming through the portals berating him for screwing up was entitled Sargeras in the voice files. But there was never any confirmation in the game that that was him. It was just the name of a data file. That's all. So yeah, it's another one of those things where uh, Blizzard has some specific things they like to dance around a lot. Uh, but by dancing around it, we have no actual investment in it, so it n- no longer feels important, even though they feel yeah. it really is. Like, they have their darlings that they keep close to heart, but they keep it so close that I'm like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I haven't seen anything in how many years. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Sargeras, whoop-de-doo. Give me somebody more interesting. I, I would like, you know, in terms of the if the Avatar showed up, that could be a really cool fight, especially if it was one of those situations where the Avatar is getting reanimated piecemeal. So, like, you know, stage one, you know, they've only woken up its arm. <laughs> this giant Sargeras arm is phase two. Oh, no, they've got the whole tar- torso up now. And the arm is, like, the size of Deathwing. Just yeah. the arm. <laughs> Just this really big arm. It's this <laughs> giant arm. It's, like, actually climbing up it or something. Like like the, uh, uh, what is it, Colossus? I can't remember the, Shadow of the Colossus. It's yeah. like you're playing Shadow of the Colossus with the Avatar of Sargeras's body. Oh, that'd be and, kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, if, if it was done right. If, if it wasn't, you know, in the spine of Deathwing where I end up basically just running around, you know, you know, that thunder farting on oozes. It sounded really cool in theory, and then in practice it didn't quite live up to what it was in my head. But I don't uh, think that, I, I, I. to be fair, I don't think that that could ever have lived up to what was in my head. So... Uh, for me, the problem with Spine of Deathwing was simply that I spent the entire fight running around, thunder farting on oozes, and trying to keep them <laughs> basically chasing me around a, a giant dragon's back while everybody else actually did the encounter. Like, yeah, my job... that tends to be a problem in those encounters that are supposed to be really interesting. There's always somebody or a group of somebodies who get a really obnoxious job and don't actually get to see the encounter happening. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on at any given moment. I just knew, oozes, boom! Can I, okay, I can't thunder for, clap yet, so I'm going to jump on it. That The thing is, that, that I really hope that they don't do that. I don't want to fight where I have t- to fight the same guy twice. And that's that really, Spine followed by Madness drove me crazy. Because it's it's the same guy, twice. It's like you had two phases of an encounter, and there was a loot box in between them. Yeah, it's it, it was... I can handle a multi-phase fight. I can. I actually thought the Garage fight was really well done. I didn't particularly care. I didn't particularly like that I was fighting Garage, but I thought it was really well done. And it, it's. I know that they did the thing with the resetting health because they didn't. They didn't want to have the Rodan style super huge health. Yeah. But I think it actually worked. Like sometimes limitations and stuff can actually provide you with really good result. And I thought that the, the Garage fight is actually really well executed. Even the Mythic fight, which I, I didn't get to complete, I only got to see. I thought, this is really well done. But at the same time, I felt like Garage as an end boss felt ridiculously anticlimactic. Like, and I don't know why exactly, other than we didn't maybe because we didn't get to kill him. Um, I think the reason it felt kind of anticlimactic to me was because we knew it was going to be him since, like, before the beta came out. Yeah. We don't know so this time around, yeah. so that's kind of nice. It's good. Yeah. Maybe it's good that we'll be completely surprised when it's, when it's you know, Varian. It'll be one of those whoa moments. I don't know. We'll find out. No, the, the champion of, of the Legion, Varian. No, like, don't you dare. Oh, I'd be so mad. <laughs> maybe, like, all of these heroes that they're talking about are going to die at the Broken Isles or whatever. Maybe it's just all of them at the end. Every single one of They're them. They're all reanimated and working for the Legion now, and we get to yeah. fight them. All right, next up is, again, Elemente 
we've we've had our email from Elementary before. As always, we we like your name. So from Kyle Watchers at BlizzCon 2013, Duncan Jones stated that the team had hired a linguist to flesh out the Orcish language for the movie. As far as I know, there has been no follow up on this apart from the awesome Clancy Brown demonstration at Comic Con. The recent Warcraft trailer also had me worried since it does not give any indication that orcs and humans speak different languages. Quite the opposite. In the scene where Duraton meets Lothar and Garona, he replies to them in English. I would really hate if the movie ended up downplaying the importance of orcs and humans uh, starting out with mutually unintelligible languages instead of using this difference as a tool for making the story more believable. Thoughts? Elemente. Um, I think the moviegoers would not enjoy a movie where they can never talk to each other. Uh, I think that's always a concern in people with people's like TV. They'll get away with, oh, here's a convenient translator. Um, I don't think you can do that in a movie. I expect when the orcs are just talking to other orcs, intimate moments or private moments, they will probably speak orcish. Uh, but it would be difficult to have a movie where the main characters could never speak to each other. Plus, I mean, for that matter, we don't even know. Like, there might be... I honestly feel like orcish will only get used some. Like, they're not going to like have every time it's just orcs talking to orcs. I don't think they'll just use orcish unless they're going to subtitle big chunks of the movie. Yeah. Because, you know, if it's just orcs talking to orcs in orcish... And nobody can like it. In then it's like you know, people. I like to go and see movies with some subtitling and some funny stuff in it, but not everybody does. And for a movie like this, that I don't know how much patience people would have for like you know, okay, it's an hour and a half long, and forty minutes of it is incomprehensible orc babble and subtitles. I actually have friends and family members who just won't watch things with subtitles. It's not because they're illiterate. It's just because uh, reading the subtitles takes away from their enjoyment of the actual film or TV show or what have you. If yeah. it's like a throwaway line where they're like, suddenly there's a French guy this episode, like, okay, whatever. If the the whole thing is I have to read subtitles, they just don't want to do it. Well, I, I, there are some people who point out that um, if you're watching, if you're reading subtitles, you are missing stuff happening on screen. Yes. It's that stuff isn't happening up there and your eyes are down at the bottom where the subtitling is. And and that's that's a valid point. I don't know as far I as I'm, breathe, so. as far as I'm concerned, like um, language barriers are interesting, and the dynamics of working around language barriers are interesting, but they don't really make for interesting film. And there's far more interesting things that they could be doing with this movie than having oh here's a half hour sequence of Duraton le- learning how to speak English. As long as they don't throw in some kind of magic pocahontas listen to the wind suddenly poof you can speak english i'm okay with that just well just I mean, do yeah, whatever yeah. it's cool although <laughs> if they actually stole the entire sequence then i'd be okay <laughs> duraton's out duraton's the out there there's like a whistle of wind by his ear but suddenly yeah ah no is duraton no no. I mean, for that matter, the fact that they have Garona, they have Garona in here, and they have the implication is that she's serving a kind of similar role that she did, yeah, you know, before. It's probably Garona who teaches them how to speak enough Azerothian to, you know, get by. Yeah. And you would think that the scene of them meeting is probably, it's probably at least the midpoint of the film. Yeah. If, you know, I'm guessing. I have no idea. But you know, if you're having a climactic midpoint, you assume people have taken steps so that they can actually talk. Yeah. You know, otherwise it would just be them staring at each other for a few awkward minutes. And um, do you have any idea what that incomprehensible jibber jabber that they're speaking is, Corona? No idea. And I don't know. That wouldn't be a tremendously interesting. Movie. I just, I just don't feel like sitting down and watching, you know, a, a heartwarming montage of Lothar and Duratan learning Orcish and English are really 
it's not necessary. <laughs> Although, I, I, again, now they can also do a scene of, of Duraton and uh, Lothar reenacting the pottery scene from Ghost. Oh, no. I, I'll no, no. For that. no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, totally. I'll yeah. go in for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next, next email. email. Is, next email is, I apologize. Uh, so... I was listening to episode 43, and the age of night elves and Draenei versus humans was mentioned, uh, along with some phrase, phrase of human lifespans being gone in the blink of an eye. And I know in the past you've talked along these lines about do the Draenei take humans seriously, all humans are kids compared to any Draenei, and I'm good with all that, but it's an interesting perspective. But there's also the perspective of someday we'll invent true multifunction AI. And the infant lifespan... Just let me read the email. And the infant lifespan of the AI is going to be comparatively very short, like minutes to hours for the AI to grow up. And I'm pretty sure that the human reaction isn't going to be, oh, a cute little AI that's only four hours old and now discussing quantum mechanics. with You are just too cute. It's going to be, it takes us decades to train our species to your level, and you get there so fast. I'm totally freaking out now. Are you going to turn into Skynet next? So the human lifespans are short-lived, and multifunction AI may be very short-lived processing as far as we're compared to us. If anything, the comparatively exceptionally short-lived childhood stage plus fast replacement rate makes them way more formidable, not less. These people fought wars over thousands of years because that's all the fast that's the fastest their population replacement allowed them to fight. Humans, even taking 20-year breaks every few years to rebuild populations, would seem like a never-ending wall of highly intelligent warriors in comparison. Um, there's some idea that some of that's interesting and that's why i included the email i I think that's kind of a comparing it to ais is weird because ais not just they're they're also relatively could live you know we couldn't even tell you how long an ai could an ai could live as long as there's equipment for it to live on whereas humans die humans have a very like they they live so long and then they die which in could make them scary because you know human lifespans are so short that they'll do anything for glory and temporal power like, look at our actual world and look at like how humans completely ignore the consequences of actions because we won't be around for them. Like, ah, yeah. sure, I'm going to poison my planet and change the you know weather systems, but ah, I won't be here. I don't care. So there's there are elements to that, about that that could be pretty scary to someone like a Draenei, a Draenei that could possibly live indefinitely unless somebody actually kills it versus the short-lived humans that, you know, breed pretty quickly. Um, they're, they're up to, like, you know, uh, who knows how long it takes a Draenei to get fully mature. You know, Dorna doesn't seem to have grown up any. Yeah, uh, that's always the question is that, you know, you have to, uh, I think it's fun to build these things into the world, you know, but there, World of Warcraft doesn't give us a lot of insight into that stuff. I mean, yeah, the Draenei are very long-lived. Uh, we have no indication of their uh, reproduction process. We don't know their fertility rates or birth rates or death rates or maturity rate. I mean, we don't know any of that. So a Draenei looking at humans be like oh my god they breed like rabbits like that could be scary but the draenei might have same rate of reproduction or whatever weird thing you want to talk about and then it's not scary because they can do it too just i mean maybe they didn't because they were on a spaceship yeah there's you know the, the, the elves for another example we know that elves have children we know that the elves don't take forever to get up i mean they might they take longer but I'm thinking it's uh, – I know we have at least a couple of examples of elven children who are not old at all. Like, how old was Chandra's when she started shooting demons with a bow? Not very. Not very old. Wasn't, no. She was, she was like, young. She was like 20 or 25, which is like teenage for, for her people. So at least before the, the Well of Eternity and the, uh, the, 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 the World Tree, elves didn't take too long to get to adulthood. They, they took longer, but not 
it wasn't crazy. Um, dwarves don't seem to take that long either. So it's not, this is one of those things where we're basically just making up our own headcanon because it's not something that the game tells you. And uh, these, these are things that I do find genuinely interesting in fantasy settings that go into it. Uh, mm-hmm. These dynamics of, you know, how do the elves cope with the humans? You know, is there a difference in populations? And all That stuff is all extremely interesting to me. Like, I love reading about that stuff and writing about that stuff. World of Warcraft doesn't go into it. So we can't really say in terms of, wow, the information is just not there in general. Okay, I guess we're going to move on to the next email. Okay. Um, hello, watchers. Gumball the Gnome from Moonguard here. Uh, I just wanted to ask about something uh, I read in an interview. It was said in the, in the Broken Isles intro scenario, we will find out how the Ashbringer and Doomhammer wind up in the player's hands. How do you all think these weapons will wind up in our hands? And what is your all's favorite artifact weapon they have announced? I personally like the Twin Blades Fate and Fortune for Combat Rogues. Thanks and keep up the good work. All right, Anne? I, I don't really have a favorite artifact weapon yet. I, I kind of want to see more about them. And and even then, I think I'm going to be kind of biased anyway, because obviously, you know, I play like one class, so <laughs> it's going to be one of those weapons from that one class. It's going to be one of the rogue <laughs> weapons. Um, but I mean, alts. I'll probably get into the artifacts with alts, but again, it's one of those things where I'm going to be kind of biased about it. Um, how do I think the weapons will wind up in our hands? I don't know. That's kind of like part of the next expansion, and we'll find out when we get there. I don't even want to speculate on it, really, because I know that each, I mean, each artifact weapon is going to kind of have its own storyline. You have to go do certain things for it. So it just varies from weapon to weapon. No two weapons are the same. I mean, some of them we already know. Didn't they straight up tell us about in the blog post for the rogue artifacts, like particularly the combat one? Don't didn't they say like the blades belong to some dread pirate? Yeah, they belong to someone, and you have to go get them, and then and go take like, them with the shards of Frostmourne. You have to go like I think you have to go talk to. Well, you have to go find the shards, obviously, which means probably talking to the Lich King or Mograine or one of the other, you know, there's, important there's people some data mine out there. Spoil- yeah, there's some data mine spoilers I'm not going to go into, but yeah, you do have to talk to somebody. Yeah, that's the difficulty of this question. It's like, well, uh, I saw the spoilers, but I don't want to talk about them. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's spoilers. And even then, with the spoilers that are out there, you still don't know if those spoilers are even correct, because they could change stuff last minute. They always do. Um, but I, I would say that it's not really something that I kind of want to speculate on at this point, because uh, what's what's the point? We're going to find out. I think what I find much more interesting is that each weapon gets its own quest. Like, each weapon gets its own thing to get to it. I'm just going to come out and say it. I hope Tyrion Fordring dies. (laughs) Can I? This isn't even mean. This isn't even being mean. It's not that I hate him or anything. The dude has been, like, having to carry on this whole, like, you know, standard bearer for paladins thing since he stopped eating giant bugs in in the Plaguelands. Yeah, and I think it is time to let him finally rest. He had to watch his son die. He had to like watch a whole bunch of other people die for him. He had to fight the Lich King, and then he had to like you know, it's just it's time. Tyrion, Tyrion's story is done. There, there, there should be an ending to it. If you're not going to let him retire, which apparently they just won't, then let him die. Even it's time. Heroic, heroic ending. Especially since kind. he's he's not an alliance hero anymore. He's been. Um, he's been faction neutral for so long that he's it been, doesn't even feel... He's been neutral. So go ahead, let him die. Um, for Thrall, I am okay with Thrall straight up getting some kind of retirement plan. I, I would be fine with Thrall getting a break. 
Um, I don't think they're going to kill Thrall because come on, they'll kill anybody else before they'll kill. Come on. May, but in terms in terms of like my favorite artifact, it is Stromka. Stromka. Yeah. The uh, the the uh, arms warrior weapon because it is essentially Excalibur for the Warcraft setting. It's brand new. It's not there. I, my heart has a kind of like good for paladins that they got the Ashbringer finally. It's cool for Shaman that they use the Doomhammer, but I like this sword because a it's got a ton of lore behind it that we never heard before, and it's tied up in all the events of the foundation of of you know the first human kingdom, Arathor. Strong. And what the heck's yeah? What the heck has been going on under Tirisfall? The sword's involved in that, and I'm just I like it. I like that this thing exists. I like that they brought it in. So that's yeah, I'd that's be a grumpy it. cynic again. Sure. As somebody who's been playing a Red Paladin for so long, I feel like the the window of excitement for Ashbringer has passed. Uh, I mean, that were, there was so much hype. Like, I've been playing since Vanilla, and there was so much hype about that. And, like, there were teasers in-game that you could theoretically find it somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. people were hunting for this thing. Because there was actual, like, books and things in-game that's like, Ashbringer's out there. So everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. There's this hidden weapon. We have to find it. And this was before people did intense data mining. So people were genuinely convinced this thing was in here. And then Burning Crusade, they kept, te- there was like another teaser in Burning Crusade. Like you can find the blacksmith who worked on this thing. So technically that was the end of, of the original you know, more than it was BC. Yeah. Well, yeah. like there was theories about like this guy, this go, NPC. Go to Outland, Crusade. Yeah. Right. This NPC is a blacksmith and there's hints that he worked on Ashbringer. And then when they finally started doing Ashbringer reveals, like in the canon, they changed it. So like now it's made by Magni and oh, you get the corrupted Ashbringer and there's totally going to be stuff about how you can purify it and get the real thing. Never mind. You never got the corrupted Ashbringer. It's with Darian Mograin. Oh, now it's a Tyrion Forgering, and he's kind of a dweeb. It's been 10 years. I don't care about this Ashbringer game anymore. Uh, it's been tainted for me. Because I've been I've been wanting to get this thing since vanilla. Uh, I can't wait for this weapon for 10 years. See, here's the thing right, right now. When you guys were running around crazy wanting the Ashbringer, you know what I was trying to get? What's that? The, prisma- the prismatic Quell Sarar, which there were just as many hints about. And they never actually introduced it. It never actually became a thing. But there is originally the book talking about. Then there's the true, the, the prismatic Quelsarar. I thought, oh, that'd be awesome. And I, there I have since so given up. So many crazy things back in vanilla that people latched onto and tried to figure out. But in terms of like, I'm, I'm, I'm down with like the Stromka. Like I said, it's really because it's this weapon that is just so much a part of all this lore stuff. I like the other, the other um, warrior artifacts. I like. I think they're good. Like I think that the uh, Fury one is cool, and I like the uh, the, the the scale of Neltharian one. But Stromka, because it is so tied to like this this particular part of, I do feel like it would be it's going to be weird for orc warriors having to use that thing. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, this this is totally the king blade of humanity. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, just and, over here. You know, and I, I do want to be clear that uh. I'm not as grumpy about some of these things as I might seem on the podcast. Uh, I just like having the conversation. But um, Ashbringer is its another one of those things, like I mentioned earlier about Sargeras. It's one of those things that where Blizzard teased it and teased it and they mention it. But they keep the actual details and the acquisition and the appearances so close to their chest that after this many years, they've blown it for me. It's like I was excited about it, but you waited so long. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I would rather have something <laughs> new. Okay. I, as far as I'm concerned with the artifact weapons, anything that has to do with Tiraswell Glades, because that's interesting to me. 
anything that has to do with Karazhan Crips because that's interesting to me. And there are more, there's more than one weapon that ties into those things. But I those are the ones exactly that really one, kind yeah. of piqued my interest. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there are, I mean, obviously there are artifacts that are really cool. Like the rogue ones for sure are awesome. Like being, like getting actual like pirates, dread blades is super cool. And I mean, even some of the Paladin ones are super cool, like involving Tyr and the Titans. You know, there's there's some new lore there. Uh, yeah. It's just Ashburn in particular. I'm like, well, the window is closed on that one. Alrighty. Uh, next up is an email from Aldrizdevan, I believe that's how he told us to pronounce it, or she. Uh, Greetings, watchers. This question is mostly for Alex because it's a non-lore question, though I'm happy to hear the entire right. panel's thoughts. On, um, with the announcement of Legion, I'm thinking about various ways to pass the time because I'm not raiding as much these days. I have a number of account-wide projects and character-specific projects. I'm having a hard time managing it all. My question is this. Do you know of a good add-on that helps you keep track of specific objectives, projects, etc., per character or per account? For example, it would be great to know that if I'm you know, logging onto my warrior, I am still working on warrior tier sets and the specific pieces that I still need. And when I log on to my rogue, I'm working towards specific reputation grinds. If you don't know of an add-on, what system do you use, if any? Uh, very truly yours, Eldristavon. Well, um, add-ons, uh, I don't use those, so uh, not a great one for me. But uh, I really like spreadsheets. <laughs> um, I have a fascination with spreadsheets in that... Uh, they're very satisfying to me to track progress and, you know, notes of what I'm doing and what needs to be done. I love spreadsheeting and specific objectives seem like a pretty good thing to track. I mean, if you, you have a Gmail account, just use Google spreadsheets and just keep it online and you can access it from wherever. Uh, especially for something like that, it seems a lot simpler to use a spreadsheet or just a checklist as opposed to an add-on. You know, did I do these objectives today? Did I achieve this goal? Did I get these pieces? You can just mark them off as you go. And I don't think you need an add-on to do like that. Okay. Anne, do you have anything, thoughts on this one? Um, If I remember right, the one that everybody was using to, like, track achievements in particular was Overachiever. But um, there are add-ons out there for just about anything. There was one I was using. I'm trying to find it. There was one that I was using specifically to track recipes, like cooking recipes and also um, recipes for like professions, schematics and things like that. Um, and I'm trying to find the name of it because it was really handy. Do, do, do. Where is it? Aki's. Aki's recipe list. A-C-K-I-S. You can get it on Curse. And um, that one, it'll show you. It shows you everything you have. It'll scan your character to find everything that you have. And then it'll also show you everything that you don't have that exists in the game and tell you where to get it, which was really helpful for me when I was trying to get the last few engineering schematics that I didn't have for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, between that and Overachiever, I think that kind of rounded me out as far as stuff that I collect. Reputation? I don't really use any kind of a reputation tracker. I just fill just... the bars. Yeah, you, I mean, if you're using, I don't know, uh, uh, UI, like set like UI packages, in the default UI, you can replace your experience bar with a reputation bar. Oh, yeah, I do that. Any, so whichever as soon one as I hit on, max level, I do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I Honestly, I play one class, really. I mean, actually, that's not true this expansion. I actually leveled up my Death Knight and my Shaman and stuff, but usually I play a bunch of Warriors, so... Uh, Honestly, I, at this point, I'm not even bothering with transmog because one of my warriors has so much transmog gear 
that the second that we get the new system, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> cackle like a lunatic. And all my other warriors are going to be like, I suddenly feel like I can wear everything. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I so I totally feel like I have 30 Ash Condies. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not really, the, the one project I had was Transmog. And literally every so often I just kind of stop and think about that one guy with all that stuff in his bags. And then I cackle maniacally and go on with my job. I, I just find spreadsheets very satisfying at the beginning of this expansion when i was first getting like gearing up all of my garrison followers i had a spreadsheet of all of my followers all their item levels you know the whole thing and it's every day when i would get new gear i would go update my spreadsheet and figure out where i needed people to be for certain missions and it was super satisfying i have spreadsheets are peace and joy in a chaotic world i feel (laughs) we have some people in the chat channel actually um just to mention the reputation thing, uh, someone said that her Canonicus, I think that's how you pronounce their name, said that Altaholic can track reps. And then Speed Lancer said that there's an add-on called Reputation Watcher that works pretty good. It switches to watch a rep that you just gained rep with, which sounds kind of interesting. Um, and someone named Megabro just said Reputation Bars is nice, where it just like puts the reputation bar in there. Okay. Uh, we got one more email. Hopefully we can get through it in the time allotted. Uh, from Vindrius of the Vindrios, my apologies, of the of the Q Nesingwary. Uh, hello, Watchers. In the early days of the Legion announcement, we heard that the Horde and Alliance would once again be at each other's throats. However, in the BlizzCon cinematic, we see the humans and Forsaken banding together to fight a common enemy in the Burning Legion. I'm thinking all bets are off and the story could go anywhere. I'm holding out hope for a redemption story where Illidan perishes saving Tyrande in front of Malfurion once and for all, proving that he loved her the most. All along. Do you guys have any Blue Sky stories lines that we would like to see unfold? Love the show and an amazing work covering BlizzCon. And P.S. I'm glad that Blizzard got to pull one over on Mr. Rossi and we're keeping Titan's grip. The weapon lore of Odin crafting the artifact blade sounds epic. Uh, warmest regards, Vindrios. First off, they didn't pull one over on me. They gave me my Christmas present. <laughs> I was thrilled, man. Are you kidding me? The second that that guy got up and, and you know, I, I still haven't found you to kiss you yet, but I am going to kiss you, sir. Um when he got up and asked the question and, and we got the immediate answer uh, from Jay Wilson, by the way, also all you who hate Jay Wilson can just know uh, I'm Jay Wilson is my boy now forever. <laughs> Jay Wilson is my forever boy. I don't care. He can do anything. He can make Diablo four and just put in the real money auction house. Just that's what you play. You play as the real money. auction. I don't care. I love them. Man. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the part of this email that I cared about. <laughs> now on to the part that you guys can talk about. It, it'll, I don't care if Illidan loves Toronto more than Malfurion. He's a creepy asshole. And yes, I said a bad word on the podcast because that's fitting for Illidan. He's weird and gross. I honestly going to say this. I think it's we had the Illidan's moment with Toronto passed in Warcraft 3. He got so over long her. ago. Yeah, he got closure. He, like, he's like, you know, it's never going to happen. I finally get that after 10,000 years locked in a box underground. I have finally figured out that my brother's girlfriend is not going to go for me. She's just not that into you. I mean, when (laughs) she says no, and her, like, boyfriend slash husband, who is your brother, asks you to back off, and you are still obsessively pining and, like, trying to worm your way in there at every opportunity, you're a gross, bad person. And if it takes you over 10,000 years to realize that, you have a problem. Well, yeah, but he had lots of problems. That's just one of them. But I think like, that's that, not that, okay behavior. It absolutely isn't. I, I honestly feel like we don't need to dredge that up again. We don't need even, you know, it's fine if he has an unrequited thing for her, but we don't need to see any more of him proving it. 
quite frankly, I want to see Illidan get a new story. Yeah. I want to see Illidan do new things. If if he's going to be around, like I honestly felt like it was kind of cool in the in the Demon Hunter starting bit, the part that we've got so far. Illidan's like his quest to actually outright beat the whole Legion is fascinating. He has decided I want to take them out. Like you know what I mean here. This this is this is a big deal. This is a good focus. Uh, it 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 moves him beyond the whole, you know. I love you, Toronda. No. To, to be honest, I've always felt kind of bad about Illidan because he's been he's been stuck in that forever pining after Toronda role for so long, and there's so much more to that character. But that's the part that kept getting presented and mentioned all the time. So I'm kind of yeah, for the same reason, Rossi. I'm excited about what we saw in the Legion Hunt or the Demon Hunter the Legion Hunter, the Demon Hunter starting experience. And also I'm kind of excited to read the novel that's coming out because the way that they've framed that novel, it doesn't sound like it's really going to be much about Tyrande at all. It's going to be about Illidan and what he's doing. The thing is that um, I don't know if I want to get into this, but like fandom is a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And with regards to Illidan, yeah, they keep pushing this Tyrande thing, but there's also like an enormous vocal group of people who really like the bad boy and genuinely <laughs> think that despite Illidan, like despite Illidan being like creepy and gross all the time, like he's the bad boy, so he's hot and sexy, and they want him to get the girl, and it weirds me out a lot, <laughs> a whole Wait, lot. There's always going to be stuff like that in fandom. You can't worry too much about it. But Just worry about what gets presented. Going back to the question at hand, blue sky storylines that I'd like to see unfold. I want to see something about Rathion and not him gently trying to nudge a war into happening or not him with some brief appearance somewhere or him, you know, telling me, hey, I'd like to go kill all of the Black Dragonflight. Can you go ahead and make that happen? Because you're a rogue and you're awesome. I want to see more about what we did to make that dragon come into being and how that affected him. And what he is now, and Honestly, what exactly that little bugger is up to. I that's if, what I want to see. Getting, if we're getting more Rathion, what I want to see is how does he react when the war he was telling everyone was coming gets here. Yeah, because that's what this is. This yeah. is you know his dire prediction has come true. We didn't unite. We didn't have one side conquer the other, and we're not working that well together. So what what's his do? plan now? And, and Kosak gave every indication that this is actually something we're going to see happen that that, that this is obviously this is Rathion's moment um and it's it's that vision that he saw coming to pass and he's going to be involved in it how he's going to be involved don't know but i really hope they don't make him evil because that would just be the standard way to go okay well i think at this point we are pretty much out of time uh, it's getting pretty late so uh ann Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. As always, uh, you can send us emails at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. You know, we love to get your emails about pretty much anything. You know, it doesn't have to be lore. And the non-lore stuff doesn't have to just be aimed at Alex. We all love to talk about the game in general. So please do. That's been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and have a good week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.